Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Player Profiler Nation? Welcome to another episode of Trade Gods. I am your host, Matty Kiwum, and of course, I am joined by my co-host, my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man, the man of wake and take, Jason O.Y. What's going on, Jay? What is up, man? I'm excited to be back. There's nothing like breaking down some trades on Thursday nights. Oh yeah, we have to. We had to pump up the intro a tad because I ran the intro twice, so we might as well get twice the energy up in this BR. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's go. I love it. We got another great episode lined up for each and every one of you today. So let's just dive right on in. So today we have just a bunch of trades that we're breaking down. Some from the Discord, some from our leagues, one from TGIF, the Trade Gods Fantasy Invitational. And we're just going to go through and break them down, talk about which side we like, what we like about these trades. And then we each have a buy and a sell candidate for this episode. Ooh, Jay, I'm excited for this one. How are you feeling about this one? You, are you ready? Are you ready to get deep in, into some of these trades? That's how I feel. Yeah, we got the crowd <laughs> fired up, but you're definitely going to want to stick around. Like I said, we have a dynamite show lined up, but before we get into trade number one, let's hear the pod father talk about the breakout finder. Oh, hey, it's a Mr. Breakout Finder coming at you. The breakout finder features three key tools, a database of metrics that includes speed score, college dominator, breakout age, but also breakout finder only stats like dynamic score, level of competition, teammate score, all of these things are part of the overall breakout finder algorithm that pinpoints the probability that a player will break out. Everyone's talking about my model does this and my model does that. Well, we give you the data points that go into the model. We have a feature that lets you compare players. And then we give you the precise probability of every wide receiver, every running back sorted and filterable by class year. So when I'm talking to my friends and I need to show them why I'm so bullish on Player X, I pull out the breakout finder and bam, there he is. So go to the App Store, go to Google Play. It's five bucks to get the breakout finder and then a couple extra bucks to get some of these additional enhanced stats. Go download it and thank me later. The first trade we are going to break down comes from a 12-team PPR Superflex. A half point tight end premium start 
10. So not a particularly deep league. Team A acquired Alexander Mattinson for Cortland Sutton. Jay, talk about this trade. What are your initial thoughts? And then if you want, dive into the hype that is just building and building and building when it comes to Mr. Mattinson. Yeah, man. And this is this is the one trade I kept looking at on our show sheet, and I still can't really decide. I've never gotten on the Cortland Sutton train. Just couldn't do it. I have been on the Alexander Madison train uh, up until really recently. I feel like at this with threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles; we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. At this point, the hype has kind of bubbled over, and you are talking about being able to trade him for pretty decent assets. I don't know if Cortland Sutton is that asset, you know, with everything we're knowing about the Denver Broncos right now, that he's been shopped in potential trade rumors, that he's going to at least play second fiddle to Jerry Judy, maybe start playing third fiddle to Marvin Mims, depending how Sean Payton likes to treat his guy. So I don't, I don't know. I think I'm taking the Madison side right now because of all the hype. I think you could get a little bit more. For example, I actually traded him today. I got James Cook Ooh. and Adam Thielen in an incredibly deep league uh, where Adam Thielen mm. actually probably will be starting some games um, for me. So I don't know. I where, where, are you, where, where are you at kind of on it? Are you feeling similarly? Or are, you, are you with some? So what I was going to ask you was, you know, if this – let's just say that Dalvin is cut. What was it? June 2nd, I think, is the, the date that's been mm-hmm. kind of – dubbed the de- the Dalvin cut day mm-hmm. if he's gone is Madison just the guy or does Ty Chandler get involved does Dwayne McBride get involved does my boy Kine Njoku in, in Kingwanu sorry I'm so bad with names I just forget names every dang show but does is it just the Madison show I don't think it is. I really don't. I think that we still live in a world where the Vikings could probably bring someone in. I mean, we saw Damian Harris go for less than a $2 million one-year contract. There's still some bodies out there um, that it, I just don't see him actually being a workhorse. I mean, I see him scoring some touchdowns for the Vikings and everything. But the best season of Alexander Madison's wasn't with this coaching staff. He was used mm-hmm. less last year with the new coaching staff. Granted, Dalvin Cook did stay healthy for, I I think, the entire year. Um, But still, I mean, he's a touchdown-dependent guy, and it is an offense that scores a lot of touchdowns. But uh, I think that Dwayne McBride, even his talent is a little bit understated. I was definitely surprised he went undrafted. And I believe on the most recent uh, Mind of Mansion with Faraz, who runs uh, Upper Hand Fantasy over on Instagram, Talk about Dwayne McBride being more efficient in more than a few categories than Bijan Robinson last year at the college football level, led the FBS in rush yards and everything. A, a super efficient runner. I know it's a no school. Jason, still, come Jason. on. I don't, I mean, like, Jason. he's the same running back as Alexander Madison, but younger and maybe better. Fair. Fair. Um, so it's I'm not saying he's a world beater, but I mean, compared to Alexander Madison, I mean, is it that much different? Um, I don't know. I'm not expecting more than a, I'm definitely not expecting anywhere near a 60% opportunity share for Madison, even if Dalvin Cook is gone. 
They, you know, they brought him back, but they definitely brought him back RB2 money. They didn't give him a ton of money. He's probably more valuable to the Vikings than any other team in the league because he knows the playbook. He's familiar with the scheme and whatnot. Uh, One thing I do like that pops out in his performance profile uh, that I do think is worth noting, uh, it was his fantasy points per opportunity. He was 13th Mm -hmm. amongst qualified running backs at just under a point per opportunity. So, he can make the most of it, and we all know that when Dalvin was out, it was chalk week for Alexander Madison. It was mm-hmm. get him in your lineups. Uh, <clears throat> I'm not opposed to acquiring Madison. And the Cortland Sutton price, to me, I think is about the range I'm willing to pay. Do yeah. I believe that Cortland Sutton does have some upside? Uh, I've been on record yeah. as saying as much. I thought that he's just been such a great downfield threat, and Russell Wilson, when he is cooking, is really good at throwing the deep ball. So I do think there could be a potential uh, connection there. So I do believe in acquiring Sutton there. I think this is just a fair trade for me. It's a C yeah. type of trade. It looks like a trade where Team A needed a running back, Team B needed a receiver. Maybe they were both playing with a little bit of depth. Yeah. But don't sleep on our boy Takevious Chandler. 98th percentile 40-yard dash, yeah. 93rd percentile speed score. His best comparable pair, uh, player on player profiler, Ty, Ch- Ty Johnson. So we're not looking like oh, Chandler's going to be a guy where he's the bell cow. But if Madison is kind of that plug up the middle, he's going to take a lot of those uh, you know, high-contact uh, middle, uh, you know, trench runs. Uh, that mm-hmm. makes a bit of sense with – Chandler kind of sprinkled in to be more of that big play guy. Um, but yeah, I'm okay with making this trade. I think yeah. in the start 10 format, you're not really looking at uh, overpaying either way. They're probably both going to make the starting lineup in week one. So I, I like this trade for both ends. I don't usually like to say that. I feel like we do trade court here. We like a definitive winner, but since we're yeah. just breaking down these deals, seems pretty fair. Like if you and I would have made the trade and we didn't, cause you know, we will put our trades on here. Yeah. But this isn't Jason and I's trade. I feel like we could both walk away with exactly what we needed. Let's say you wanted Madison, I wanted Sutton, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You can't really be mad with either pick. Anything about this trade that you want to mention before we move on to trade a number a deuce? No, I, I mean, I, like I, I'm, I'm with you. I think it is fair enough. I do think I'd slightly lean towards the Madison side, but you can't be angry either way. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a fair trade. It is a yeah. fair trade. It's that type of move. And like I said, if you are trying to target Madison – this is the type of range I'm looking at. This is probably Sutton looks like a wide receiver, three wide receiver, four wide receiver, five, if that's kind of the team build. So this is a a, a pretty fair trade. The next trade we are breaking down comes from a 14 team PPR super flex 0.75 tight end premium start 10. Jason, this league looks a tad uh, familiar. Dare I say it looks pretty familiar. TGIF action going on? I think so. I think so. It is. If you've tuned into Trade Gods, first of all, thank you for rocking with you boys. But yes, you've seen this description for a league basically every week because we're at Trade Gods Invitational and that league be trading like crazy. So we got to break it down. Team A is acquiring Isaiah Pacheco and Jay Lottie Woods. And to get those two players, they shipped off Pat Frymouth. Now, Jason, I'm going to let you go first here because you have been sounding the horns to sell Fryermuth now, 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 now. So yeah. here we are in a situation where Fryermuth was sold. What do you think about it? Yeah, I love the return. And this is exactly why I'm all for selling Pat Fryermuth. I think the value that he presents in fantasy football is entirely replaceable at the tight end position. Jelani Woods, if he hits his ceiling, is definitely replacing Pat Fryermuth. Um, but even then, you could go get a Gerald Everett and be ha- be just as happy. 
Uh, and the fact that you're getting Isaiah Pacheco, who basically had no competition come in after the draft, we'll see what happens with Daneric Prince. I do like his profile, uh, but I do think it's going to take an injury for a player like Prince to step in. And we already know with Isaiah Pacheco, dude's a dog. He played through two injuries in the Super Bowl and still looked amazing. Uh, and I mm-hmm. think Jarek McKinnon is going to take a step back. I don't see him being as efficient as he was down the stretch last year because of age, because, I mean, the Chiefs took so long to resign him again. All of that stuff, I do think that they're pointing to Pacheco having an even bigger role. We saw it in the playoffs where he was actually the pass catcher over Jarek McKinnon. Um, so I, I love acquiring Isaiah Pacheco. I love selling Pat Fryermuth, and I love the flyer thrown in of Jelani Woods. Great athletic profile. And who knows? Anthony Richardson could hyper-target him like Lamar was hyper-targeting Mark Andrews. You never know. So let me ask you this. If the season starts tomorrow and the Chiefs are going into the year with the same running back room that they do have today, so Pacheco, McKinnon, CEH, and Daenerys Prince, uh, maybe one, maybe they end up cutting CEH, we'll say. But let's just say the, the those are the three or four backs on the roster. Is Isaiah Pacheco a over 50% t- opportunity share type of guy, 60%, 50-50 with McKinnon? Where does he lie? Where does his role lie in 2023 if this is the running back room, in your opinion? I think I, think I would throw him at least 60%. I think so. I, don't, I think uh, McKinnon will probably slot in, hit, hitting the 25 to 30% range. And then Pacheco probably taking a little bit more than 60% and maybe Prince coming in every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I see Pacheco getting a ton of work. I mean, I know that the the between the tackles running back on the Chiefs isn't as good as the pass catcher on the Chiefs. But like I said, they used him as a pass catcher in the playoffs last year. That doesn't just go away. Uh, and he showed plenty. I mean, we all we we love Isaiah Pacheco here at Player Profiler. We know how good he was. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm t- I'm definitely trying to acquire him still. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a fan of Frymuth. Uh, I do believe in the kid's talent. I believe in his skill set within this offense. Uh, but there are a, there is a chance that Frymuth isn't necessarily the high volume target guy or the high valuable target guy that we're kind of grown accustomed to. We saw a massive fall off in terms of touchdowns from year one to year two, went from seven to two. But his his receiving yards almost doubled. He went to about five, well, less than that, about twenty five percent, I guess, more. Uh, but still, he he didn't make improvements in some areas. Fell kind of short in others. Both years we're looking at him in just under ten points each season for his career. So is he good? Yeah, I do think he's good. I don't know if he's going to be great. And I can't sit here and say because how many times have you also say, heard me say Jay that I, I, I'm not a fan of Kenny Pickett, right? So yeah. I don't like Pickett, but I like Pickens. You know, I like Deont- uh, Deontay Johnson. I like Fryermuth. Mm-hmm. So it's like which which one is it? Which way are you going to go here? Are you going to believe in Pickett supporting all these guys, or are you going to say he falls flat in his face? Because if he's going to fall flat in his face, which I don't think he's all that great, then what what are we talking about here? You know, Deontay Johnson's going to have positive tight end regression. He can't get zero again. They did bring in Allen Robinson, who could theoretically take some of the targets that Pat Frymuth thrived with. Mm -hmm. So getting rid of Frymuth does make a bit of sense. Now, this is uh, 0.75 tight end premium, so... The team A getting Jaylani Woods does make a big difference in my mind. Um, you know, just a year ago, we were in awe of this guy's athletic profile. 6'7", 252. He was the most athletic tight end in the 2022 class. He was the 10th most athletic tight end all time. So he was an athletic freak given his size and his ability. He did catch three touchdowns last year. 
I think he had one double-digit touchdown game. Or, yep. or uh, not double-digit. That would be insanity. Two. Multiple <laughs> touchdowns. He had two in one game. So he has that ability. Like we said, A-Rich, he's going to be uh, uh, you know, growing. He's going to have those growing pains. So where he makes his reads in the offense could go over the middle of the field uh, more than uh, other more seasoned quarterbacks, which could be great for Jelani Wood. So getting the tight end does make a bit of sense here. Since you're trading a, t- a tight end, and that tight end premium is it's a spicy. So you want to make sure you're getting tight ends if you're trading tight ends in this deep league. But what I really want to talk about is Isaiah Pacheco. Now, he didn't really ball out. He didn't have these massive games where we're like, this dude's him. Isaiah Pacheco's the greatest. And then you, because of that, you have a lot of naysayers, right? What do they always say, Jason? What do they always say about Pacheco, why he can't be the guy? He doesn't catch enough passes. Doesn't catch enough passes. He was drafted in the seventh round. Yeah. But this kid is a hyper athlete. He's big. Yeah. He's 5'10", 216, so he has the size. He's 99th percentile, 40-yard dash, and speed score. And my man put up 27 bench reps, so you know he's got that dog and he's a beast. But look at his player. Look at his player profile from week 10 on. 82 total yards, 100 total yards, 86, 82, 93, 97, 90, 49, 64, 101, 85, 76. This guy was routinely in the double digits for fantasy points. He was scoring touchdowns and in the playoffs. So the most important games of the year against Cincinnati in the AFC Championship and against Philadelphia in the Super Bowl, he had a 56% snap share in both of those massive games and performed great in both of them. I know we don't get fantasy points for playoff stats, but what we can use in the offseason is the playoff stats to kind of portray their confidence in a given player. They had a chance to bring in whatever running back late. I mean, Roshan went in day three. You know, there was all these running backs they could have brought aboard to fill out their their running back room, and what did they end up doing? Signed Daenerys Prince as an undrafted free agent. Well, if we're comparing who they got in their roster, we have – Jarek McKinnon, who we love his athletic profile, but he's going to be, what, like 38? So he's not getting any. CEH, we all know how we all feel about CEH. We all feel the same about CEH at this point. Isaiah Pacheco, if I'm not mistaken, seventh-round draft capital is better than not getting drafted, right? I mean, definitely. the small wins, we can get them, right? Yeah. Yeah, and he's proven so much. Like you said, that stretch at the end of the year was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And the, the, the number, like I said, you look at the fantasy numbers, it's a lot of 10, 12s, 13s, uh-huh. 116s. So it's not like he was putting up 30 points. He didn't have the uh, uh, McKinnon boom weeks uh, that we see uh, or that we saw from McKinnon. So maybe a lot of people are soured on him, but I'm still in. I'm absolutely still in. And even if they bring in a Kareem Hunt or a Dalvin Cook would probably change my mind. I think Dalvin's still got enough in the tank, and I think he's good enough to make me go, ah, shit, we almost had one here, but we don't anymore. But Fournette, I'm still in on on Pacheco. Uh, Kareem Hunt, I'm still in on Pacheco. I think he's got that early down set. I mean, that early down carries roll on lock, and on a team that can move the ball like the Chiefs, give me Isaiah Pacheco. I'm in on that. So I think this is a clear win for the team getting the two players, right? Yeah, I'd say so. You maybe want to to your horn a little bit <laughs> no no i'm not gonna tune it too much because but also <laughs> what you can't confuse my brain like that my brain can't handle this type of <laughs> positive and negative but no i made this trade so i did get pacheco and jelani but the person i made the trade with 
does have a little bit of running back depth, so they were able to make this move because Frymuth is going to be a pretty good starter in this league, in my opinion. So uh, ends up being a good win for me, in my opinion. But hey, overall, a pretty fair trade. Let's move on to wait, trade wait. number three. Yes, sir. Before we move on, I just want to applaud you for your conviction. You you kind of talked about it and that you know you you you're not too big on Kenny Pickett. You believe in George Pickens. You believe in Deontay Johnson, and you have to come to a crossroads at some point. And I think we talked about it on your game plan episode when you had me on that conviction is so important. You can't be wishy-washy in your takes or else you sort of limit your ceiling. And so to be able to stick to your beliefs here and end up coming to that hard decision for you to move on from Pat Fryermuth, I think is a fantastic fantasy move. Uh, and, and you've done great sticking with your heart, my friend. Well, I appreciate that, but I also have to say that I made this trade Kind of because of you. I mean, you've been pounding <laughs> the the table on why you should sell Frymuth. And when I made that trade, I think you reached out. I was like, "Hey, I like this trade for you." And what did I say back to you? Uh, you said that it was basically because of, you you were thinking of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you know, I think of my fellow trade god brethren, and I gotta go ahead and make a trade that I think he would approve of. So that's what I did here. Trade number three that we'll be breaking down tonight comes from a twelve team half point PPR one QB. No tight end premium, star eight, so a pretty shallow starting lineup. Team A receives T. Higgins, the sixth pick in the second round of this year's rookie draft, a first in 2024. And to get those three assets, they are shipping away DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, the 207 in this year's rookie draft, and the 301 in this year's rookie draft. Jason, what are your initial thoughts on this seven-asset swap? Let's go ahead and throw out the 206 and 207, right? So essentially this is Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, and a third for T. Higgins and next year's first. And I mean, I, I, I'll i start with saying it's fair, but then let me ask you this, my friend. Mm-hmm. Who was one of the biggest winners of this NFL draft? Now, if we're talking who is on this or in this trade, yeah. I mean, it's probably Akers. Yeah, huge, absolutely skyrocketing up value in my opinion. No one was taken in. And if you remember last year, there was so much talk about Cam Akers not getting along with this coaching staff. They're ready to move on from him. That's completely proven wrong here. And we're talking about a guy who's going to get another near 60% opportunity share on an offense that has a good running scheme. Cam Akers is a guy I, I like a ton. I really do. I've liked him since his rookie year. I love the way he runs the ball. I know he's lost some with the Achilles injury, but still the way he closed out the year was fantastic. He ended up winning people leagues because mm-hmm. some uh, dynasty managers and fantasy, I guess more redraft managers got impatient with what was going on and people were able to pick him up and then start him towards the end of the year. And he was getting double digit uh, weeks, like nobody's business. I think that's going to continue. Matthew Stafford is looking good at camp. The offense looks like it'll be back. Cooper cup will be back. Everything should be firing on all cylinders. So, I mean, it, I think right now the T Higgins side is winning, but I do think that we could come back to this trade next year, you know, halfway through the season and be like, you know what? Like it's really not that bad of a trade. I love that the guy went out to get acres. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what happens with Swift. I still haven't decided if I like it or not on, on the Eagles. I do like that. He's number zero. I think that's sweet. Uh, but otherwise, cool. you know, I mean, it's, it's a decent enough trade. And like I said, I like him acres a lot, but I think you still probably got to go with Higgins in the first well, you said Matt Stafford's looking good in camp, but did you mean to say Stetson Bennett is hey, good? You, you know I love Stetson Bennett. <laughs> Stetson is out there chucking the damn rock. 
He is but so we're not talking about we're not talking about any pass catchers here. We're talking about uh pass catcher coming from the Cincinnati Bengals. So on surface here, I actually think I liked the uh running back side of this because I look at Cam Akers from week 13 on, 19 points, 9, 9.3. 13, he had that 35-point explosion, 14.3, 15.8. They didn't really bring anyone in of consequence. I know there are some Zach Evans truthers out there, and Zach Evans might be a decent backup to come in and spell. Tyrion Evans, or Tyon Evans, I should say, uh, from Louisville, the number one uh, running back in the dog rating on Cody Carpenter's dog rating. He's there as well, but I don't know if you could say that's necessarily competition. Uh, for a guy like Akers, considering where they took him in the draft and what they're kind of looking to do with this offense. So I don't know if that's competition enough. And DeAndre Swift, say what you will, he's still hyper-efficient. Mm-hmm. He's to go to a place. I believe that the Eagles will keep him healthy. They will not be – they won't have to use him a whole lot. I mean, they have a whole plethora of running backs that they can wheel out there to take a whole bunch of uh, kind of the, the, the touches that kind of grind them out where Swift can really just excel. I mean, his yards per route run was fifth highest. He had the fifth highest breakaway run rate, the Mm -hmm. second highest yards per touch, and the second highest yards created per touch. So you just give him a handful of touches in this high-powered offense, he could go absolutely bananas. And then you get the 207 and the 301. I think you can get players that are valuable here, no questions asked. And then I look at the league settings. Super important, everyone to just know your league, know your league mates when making trades because these are the finer details that can kind of sway whether you win or lose the trade. And because it's only start eight, I look at this and I say the 207 or 301, the likelihood of those guys being impact starters in this shallow of a, of a league in a one QB, so you won't have that initial QB run in round one of the rookie draft, devalues those picks enough for me. And then I look at it, Swift and Akers will probably be in his starting lineup, but Higgins becomes probably his top three player in his lineup overall and in the shallow starting lineup. I think that's crucial. And on top of that, the 206, uh, I mean, again, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but the 2.06 is a better pick than the 2.07, right? Yeah. It's only by one. Still, you are theoretically getting have your pick of the litter before the trade you sent away. And then you bank that 24 first. And I think in a start eight league, yeah, future picks are super important. And here's why. Not because you're loving the 24 class. Not because you're planning to win the next three years. But because when you're looking to incrementally get better to win a Super Bowl or a championship in fantasy, having that additional 24 first plus some of your depth that's maybe excelling. Maybe you've been the team that got lucky and did not have the injuries, and now you have all these players that are good. Maybe you're the best fab searcher in your league, the best uh, free agent guy in your league, and all of a sudden you've got a deep roster, and you're only looking to start eight. You take one of these first, package it up with a couple of players, and all of a sudden, boom, you have a high-impact starter inserted into your lineup going into the most crucial parts of the yeah. season. So – on the surface, I think if this was a deeper formatted league, a super flex league, I might have sided with the two running backs. But in such a shallow starting lineup, give me the best player, which is T. Higgins, and give me the the asset in the 24 first. So I think it's pretty easily the left side for me. Anything you want to add on this trade before we move on, my friend? No, I think that was a great way to break it down. And highlighting the star eight is super important. DeAndre Swift might not ever really make that starting roster, or at least not as often as, of course, T. Higgins or Cam Akers would. Yeah, yeah, if the, the the worry that is right, that's a great point. That's the worry with Swift is that we don't know 
uh, what weeks are his spike weeks. I mean, even with the Lions last year, I think at the end of the season, you and I actually might have been on the starter stream show together where we were touting to start DeAndre Swift, and he went off for like 25 fantasy points. But, you know, we could have easily said fade him because of what he had been doing uh, Mm -hmm. on that offense. So, yeah, that's a great point that at the end of this or, or halfway through the season, you might be getting one starter and traded away two massive assets to get that. So uh, that's mm-hmm. a great point. Trade number four comes from a 10-team PPR Superflex, no tight end premium, start 10. It's pretty much just a quarterback swap with a little bit of balance added. Justin Herbert in a 24-third for Justin Fields. A couple of Justins getting swapped around in a 24-second. Jason, how do you feel about this swap and which quarterback do you like the best? It's honestly not even that close for me. I've got to go with Jay Herbo, man. It's it's just I know that Justin Fields is the Konami code. I know all this stuff that's surrounding him with more weapons, and we're expecting a huge leap from Justin Fields. And I think that's true. But Justin Herbert is top three quarterback in the league in terms of just, I think, real football, what he's putting out there. Last year was a down year for fantasy football, but he was still second in the league in pass yards, throwing to – Matty Kiwoom throwing to Jason Allwine, throwing to the pod father himself. Uh, there were no weapons available, and dude was still slinging it and being hyper efficient mm-hmm. and getting it done. I'm, I, and I mean, you're going to have it for 10, 15 years. I mean, it, it's Justin Herbert every single day of the week. If you can acquire him in any fashion, to me, that's the guy to acquire this offseason. Uh, and especially in super flex leagues, but I mean, it, it, it's close, you know, I do like the yeah, kind of getting out sure. with these picks, uh, but still, man, there's just, there's something super, super special about Justin Herbert. Certainly. Uh, and, and for the record, we played a little catch on the yard. The podfather can run him some routes. This the is podfather true. is pretty good receiver. So if Justin <laughs> Herbert had podfather, he might've had a better season. I mean, I'm telling you, Matt can run some routes out there, but when I look at this trade, First thing I need to in my brain it go like this. Where am I what I, I need to cut out some variables? I need to cut out these picks. Who where do I care about the picks? Third for a second, ten teams, super flex, no tight end premium. I don't really think that the second is all that more valuable than the third. Uh mm-hmm. even if it's the middle to late third and a earlier second. I mean, yes, you're going to be getting players that are impact players. Like this year, you'd be getting a Roshan. You'd be trying to bring in uh, Rashi Rice or something of that. Uh, Marvin Mims. You'd be getting a quality player. But it's not enough for me to go Fields over Herbert. And I like Fields. It's yeah. It's not that I like Fields. I love DJ Moore. And I believe that DJ Moore is the type of athlete and the type of prospect that can have similar effects that an A.J. Brown has had on a Jalen Hurts, that a Stephon Diggs had on a Josh Allen. I do believe that D.J. Moore is that good to help him out and really improve a bunch of these accuracy uh, ratings, much like Herbert from last year, or, or Hurts from last year to this year. But when I look at Turbo, Justin Herbert, this is your quintessential buy in Superflex because it's going to cost you a ton but if there's even a little bit of a discount, you might be buying into, uh, like 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 you said, Jason, someone that you can roster for a long, long time. Right. His three years in the league, he was QB seven on a points per game basis. QB two, probably the quietest QB two points per game season that I can remember ever. When you look back on 2021, there were so many dud games, so many bad spots when you needed them that I think it soured everyone. But 38 touchdowns, 5,000 passing yards. 
I mean, the guy went crazy. And then last year, still had 4,700 yards passing, 25 touchdowns. But where I love to see some positive regression, and I do think we see that positive regression, is in his rushing yards. Year yep. one and year two, he had 234 rushing yards. Last year, or, or, or two years ago, he had 302 rushing yards, eight rushing touchdowns combined over 2020 and 2021. Last year, 147 rushing yards and zero rushing touchdowns. You don't usually go from five down to three down to zero and stay at zero. I would imagine you could put that number at three and you still might be low. You still might be too conservative on this guy because what gets lost because he has such nice hair and a laser rocket arm is his athletic profile. 81st yep. percentile 40-yard dash, 91st percentile speed score. The man's big at 6'6", 236, but yep. he can move. He's got that... Trevor Lawrence sneaky athleticism that that can really get that giddy up going. So I think this year we're looking at high end passing volume. Like I said, they got him the first round receiver, uh, and you know the <laughs> the workout videos. He looks good. They, they look good. I mean, I, I hate to be that that sucker punk every single year that falls for these freaking basketball short videos. But holy cow, when you see Justin Herbert and you see. Quentin Johnston playing together. It's like, geez, all right. Maybe they did find something there at 21. Maybe that was a little bit too harsh. Maybe he did go to the one landing spot that I should give more credit to, to Johnston to. So I'm with you again, J Jason. We're not really differing a whole lot on these trades. Maybe yeah. these next couple will find some discourse here, but we're both on Team Herbert, and I think it's pretty easy for me. One one more stat that I want to point out with Justin Herbert. Is give it that to me. Not only last year did he lead the league in pressured completion percentage, he was also the most pressured quarterback. If you'll remember, their offensive line was also shattered. Not only did he also do that while being the most pressured quarterback, he also led the league in money throws. He's just he's he's so good. He is actually so good and it is just always completely underrated. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't know he, what it is. <laughs> he led the league in what? Money throws, pressure completion percentage while being the most. Oh, there we go. Yep. <laughs> Love it. Yep. Yeah. And remember that nasty rib injury that he suffered. What, yes. Three that he toughed out the entire season. I mean, yep. <laughs> if that rib is 100% and he's ready to rock and roll, he is the supreme athlete that I think we all want to have on our squads. Yep. Harry Snowman in the chat brings up that same point, the broken ribs. Good point, my man, Rob. Here's trade number five. It comes from a 16-team baseball league. Holy cow, we're talking about a big one here. PPR, Superflex, half point, tight end premium, start 13. Team. team A is acquiring Aaron Jones, and to get Mr. Jones, they're trading away Sam Howell in the 214. Where do you see this trade going here? I mean, super deep rosters, super deep starting lineup. Do you want the yeah. best player or the potentially hyped quarterback and a pick? Yeah, I think because it's a 16 team super flex, you've got to go with the quarterback here. I'm imagining it is pretty difficult to be able to field two quarterbacks week in, week out. And so to get one on top of a little – or with a little cherry on top in that 214, that could absolutely be a starter in this deep of a format also. In fact, maybe a running back that is just as good as Aaron Jones. Um, God, I think I've got to go with there. I mean, I think in a, maybe in a more normal league, I'm probably taking the Aaron Jones side. But when you say 16-team super flex, it really, really, really makes me want to favor the, the Sam Howell side. 
What if I told you I knew who the 214 was? Okay. Would that possibly Shoot. sway you if I told you it was running back Chase Brown? I don't know what to think about Chase Brown. I don't. That athletic profile is amazing. The landing spot is amazing, but everything you hear about him is he sucks at pass protection, and that's going to make it hard for him to see the field. Yeah, I hear that he sucks at football, honestly. He sucks at football. <laughs> Fumbled against air. He had some struggles yeah. at the senior bowl. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't a great uh, offseason for him getting ready for the draft, but he still no, goes to a dream situation, though, with a dream yeah. athletic profile. Yeah, I mean, I like the – I mean, I love that dart, though, right? And if Joe Mixon does move on, then, I mean, you're talking about a fantastic pick. I mean, you're a guy that's going to be skyrocketing up values. Uh, but still, I mean, like I said, I mean, I feel like – Almost, I almost feel like Aaron Jones for Sam Owl in this format would be fair enough. Uh, and then to, to just throw that little cherry on top is 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 putting me there on that side. But, I mean, it's it's close. So it is close. It is definitely close. Chase Brown, not a fan. Uh, I just – the athletic profile is great, but I've seen good athletes really not pan out much uh, when it comes to the running back position. So I'm not going to go full in. And, you know, the draft capital wasn't exceptional. It was solid. It wasn't – Oh wow, they reached out in the second or third round. You know, it was day three, so not necessarily super, super excited here. Sam Howell, however, wow, he is a tough riddle to solve here. Um, man, he has more of that Konami code uh, aspect of him, I think, than yep. a lot of us think or remember. His last year at UNC he had over 800 rushing yards, so he yeah. is capable of scooting on the ground. Now, when you look at his athletic profile, it doesn't really scream. Konami quote. Uh, it looks like he has the athletic profile of a quarterback in a men's flag football league, uh, which no slight to those. Those are a lot of fun, but usually you're not going to put one of those quarterbacks, even the best one in that men's league in the NFL. Uh, he does kind of look like my little brother, so he does get bonus points there. Uh, Sam Howell does. Uh, but I'm going to go with Aaron Jones because him and I look like identical twins. So if I'm going to go in the lookalike contest, obviously Aaron Jones and I look a lot more alike than uh, Sam Howell and I. So I'm going to go with Aaron Jones there. No, I'm actually going to go with Aaron Jones uh, because in this type of trade, I think Aaron Jones is rock solid. I think he's got a high ceiling and a very safe floor going into the season with a essentially a first-year starting quarterback, and he's just been the beacon of consistency. We're running back four, running back 11, running back 11 over the last three years. And then when you look at his efficiency metrics, I see you know a top 15 juke rate. I see a top 12 yards per touch. I see... Uh, a guy who runs a ton of routes. I see a guy who was top 10 in breakaway runs. I see a guy top eight in yards created. So I see a guy who still can perform at a very high level. And what I do like about Aaron Jones and what I like about him on the Packers, last year he had the 21st highest snap share, the 29th highest opportunity share, and he was still running back 11. So he doesn't need the massive amount of volume. Now he is coming to the end of his ropes. They had to restructure his deal to stick him around. And he said great things about Jordan Love. So potentially, <clears throat> excuse me, he could be, um, you know, a very valued member or, or vet, I should say, in this offense. But LaFleur could also look at him and go, listen, bud, we're going to give you a lot of touches. We are going yep. to bump that snap share up. We are going to bump that opportunity share up. And since he definitely still has some in the tank, he played all 17 games last year. Knock on wood, he does that again. I'm going to go with Aaron Jones here in a surprise because even though the rosters are super deep, it's super flex, I get all that. Uh, we could see Jacoby Brissett at some point. I mean, yeah. the Washington Commanders, they are kind of a dumpster fire. They're kind of like in limbo. They're in one of the probably the toughest division in all of football in the NFC East. 
Got to go against the Eagles, Giants, Cowboys twice a year, each of those. So that's really, really rough. Uh, I love Eric Bieniemy being in town. I think he will elevate some players on that team. Perhaps it is a Sam Howell, and I eat my words, but I'm going to go with Aaron Jones over Sam Howell here uh, for the win. Just give me that safe floor. Give me that high ceiling. Uh, and, in the, and in this deep format, we we look at the quarterback and we give it extra bonus points because of Superflex, but you also need consistent starters in this deep of a starting lineup. So with that volatility added to a potential Sam Howell profile this year, give me the rock steady Aaron Jones uh, as my locked-in running back one or two in this deep format. So I'm going to go with it slightly, but it is, I will admit, I could absolutely be eating my words here uh, because Sam Howell could ball out. So let's move on to the last trade of the night. It is another 12-team PPR, one QB, no tight end premium start nine. So your your standard home league, I would say, type of format here, which I love to break down because those are the ones we all started in and the, the ones that mean the most to us when we've been playing in them for 20 years with our best friends. So to make this trade happen, Team A gets Tyler Algier, the 107, in a 24-second. They're shipping away Cortland Sutton, DeAndre Swift. Man, those guys came up a couple times tonight. I think the markets on both of those players are a tad hot right now because of all the uh, you know, news and rumors and whatnot that we've heard over the season. Jason, you mentioned trade rumors regarding mm-hmm. Sutton. We did see Swift traded, so there's a bunch going on. So you're going to see these type of players in a lot of trades. They're also getting a 24 third. So in this six asset swap, which side are you leaning with? What do you kind of like about this trade, Jason? This one's tough. Again, I just don't know how I feel about DeAndre Swift or Cortland Sutton. Like I kind of said earlier, I just I haven't been able to jump on that that train yet. So I think I'm gonna. Take that one. God, I don't know. I really don't know. I, mm. Tyler Algier is going to get some work next year. I don't think it's going to be a lot. I don't think you're ever going to confidently start him. And then that 107, this is a 1QB. So I don't know. I mean, we're talking about Zay Flowers. I think you'd have let's, – let's just count it out real quick. So Because we have – we're seeing that here in the chat. So our man Randall in the chat, would that be Kendra Miller territory? Let's count it out. So in 1QB, we got Bijan, Gibbs, Addison, JSN, we don't have to talk about the order of those guys. We're just talking about the four. And then after that, what, Quentin, maybe five, Zay, five, the other yeah. one, six. So, yeah, we're we're probably talking, you know, you're running back three in the class, like Kendra Miller, if that's your 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 sauce, if that's your flavor. Uh, Receiver-wise, we're talking about now already the outside of the, the first round guys, right? Yeah. We're talking tight end one. So uh, is that pick as appealing? This the finisher analysis, and I'll bring up my, my point here. No, I for think our, our, our listeners. This is what I'll say now. I'll say I side with the Tyler Algier side. If that team needed a quarterback, it sounds like they'll be able to take their pick between Bryce Young or CJ Stroud with that 107 or, or Richardson. Richardson. Yep. Right. Um, if, if they if they have the plan to wait, and that could be amazing. And in that in that case, that's probably where I'm I'm gonna side, but I think Assuming they take like a Kendra Miller, I think I'd rather take the chance with DeAndre Swift and Cortland Sutton. But this is an incredibly close trade. And, you know, when you see a three for three trade like that, normally it is fairly, fairly close. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you think. So the 107, if you guys have been checking us out over the last uh, full few weeks, you know, leading up to the draft, even we said that 107 was the jumping off point in one QB. That was the that was the pick we wanted to trade out of rather to yeah. trade back use another asset, move up, whatever. We did not want to sit at the 107. I will say one thing that I do like about Algier, and I caught some flack for this on the future cast last week when I was on with Theo and Cody. We were talking uh, NFL schedule. 
someone asked me who is a deep player I might look at based on the schedule, and I said Algier because the Falcons have the easiest rushing offense of, or easiest uh, opposing defenses at the end of the fantasy season. And my thoughts were, well, you know, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm not even going to put it out in the atmosphere. But if a particular person on the Atlanta Falcons has a stub toe and has to miss a couple games at the end of the season, do Algier that. could be a massive beneficiary of that said stub toe. Also, Arthur Smith likes to run the football 58 times. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a very good one. Like I said, I, I did not tell you the player. I'm not putting it in the universe. I'm just saying there is a particular player that could have a stub toe and miss some games for the Atlanta Falcons. That would open up opportunities for Taylor and Young. Yeah. Uh, so I do like the idea of acquiring Algier, but when I look at this trade, I think I am on the, the player's side. I want Sutton and Swift. Give me Swift over the 107. I know – yeah. Uh, I'm seeing in the chat they would rather have the 107 over Swift. I wouldn't. I think Swift still has enough in the tank. I think Swift at 25 years old in this offense, we might be looking back by Halloween and go, what the hell were we thinking? Not yeah. trying to get more DeAndre Swift. I get the notion to sell high on a DeAndre Swift because of the trade. That is a totally different conversation. But in terms of acquiring Swift for the 107, I'm trying to do that. Like Kendra or Swift, give me Swift. I mean, I'm not going to pretend I love Kendra Miller. I am a yeah. massive Kendra Miller fan. But I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I would rather have Kendra Miller this year over DeAndre Swift. I just simply would not want to do that. Swift in this offense, they're going to get creative. I mean, they've gotten creative enough to get Boston Scott a bunch of touchdowns. Miles Sanders was really good last year. They have Swift. They have Penny. Penny's always getting hurt. I know Swift has his issues too, but when we're talking Swift or the 107, I want Swift. Sutton or Algier, I want Sutton. I believe in Sutton. I still think Sutton has 800 to 1,000-yard receiving potential. In this offense, yeah, with the downfield threat and the potential growth of this offense as a whole now that Sean Payne's in town. And then when it comes again to the 2024 third to second, yeah, obviously the second is better. I would rather have it. But there's still plenty of time for me to recoup the second or even better. Going into this year, unless I am in a strong, productive uh, productive struggle team or I'm really trying to rebuild, the 107 Algier side does nothing for me. I want the Sutton Swift side. I think those are two potential starters, reliable fantasy players. And then the third, again, it's it's nothing really of consequence. It's something you're probably just going to use as a fun coupon, cash it in for a vet at some point. So I like the idea of going with the players here. Give me Swift. Give me Sutton over the rest. So I'm actually going to disagree with you here, and I'm going to take the Sutton side, sir. Go ahead. Play those boos. Play those boos. I'm listening. No, I think it's I'm fair. Listening. I think it's fair. Oh, give me those boos. I'll play, I'll play the gavel sound effect. How about that? <laughs> Yeah. Now, Harris Chess says Swift is part of a committee. He will be worth. He'll never be worth that pick. See, this is where it's a difference of uh, opinion for value because if you're taking yeah. Kendrick Miller, he's also in a committee. You know, Alvin Kamara yeah. is not going to be suspended for the whole season. At least we don't believe they do. Still have, uh, you know, guys to play in the in, in, on their team with. And A Chain is the same thing. I mean, there is still Jeff Wilson. There is still uh, Raheem Mo- uh, Mostert. There, they still might bring in a Dalvin Cook. So. At 107, you are not getting a clear bell cow at all, anywhere. So I am. I'm going to be going. I'm going to be taking the Sutton side for sure here. Uh, I like that better. Give me the players over the the, the perceived value of the pick. Okay, so that's going to wrap up the segment here that we were breaking down the trades. But now we're going to go into one of our fan favorites. It's time to buy and sell. So tonight, guys, we have Samaje Pirine and Joe Mixon as buy candidates and Dalvin Cook and Jonathan Taylor as sell candidates. If you're new to the show, first of all, welcome, but it is custom here where I let Jason pick 
whether we're gonna start with our buys or our sells. Let's uh let's start with the buys because it looks like our sells are a little hot. <laughs> start with our sells. Let's go. So uh, do you want to go first? I'll go first. You've been leading us off here, so let me go first. I am saying to sell Dalvin Cook. Uh, first of all, well, let me get this off the screen so you can see my man Dalvin. Dalvin Cook is probably going to get cut. Uh, we talked about June 2nd, I believe, was the date, because no one's going to want to trade for a 28-year-old running back. He could go to Miami. He could go to Buffalo. He could go to the Cowboys. Those are all kind of teams linked to him. Uh, but I'm using this opportunity to sell based on that potential hype of a new landing spot. Change the scenery. That hype is real. And I'm going to use that hype to move out from underneath any of the Dalvin Cook shares that I do possess. Uh, when I look at his athletic profile, his performance profile from last year, 37th in true yards per carry, 42nd in yards created per touch, 30th amongst qualified running backs in breakaway run rate, and 39th percent uh, 39th in juke rate so that to me looks like an athletic profile of an aging star someone who is starting to lose a step and so i want to use this chance this opportunity of this potential hype of a changing landing spot to not only get out from underneath a dalvin cook in terms of my fantasy roster but also potentially bring in an impact player that I can rely on. So what are your thoughts on Dalvin? Are you selling? You, you think I'm crazy to sell here? I mean, I think it makes sense to sell. I do think also, though, that we could be talking about a low point just because we're saying that he might be released and everything right now. Uh, and I do think while he has lost a step, he isn't quite as dusty as, say, the Ezekiel Elliott's or the Leonard Fournette's of the world. Uh, so if he does hit the free agent market, he would probably be the best free agent running back on the market. Oh, yeah. And I believe a team that brings him in would believe in him to handle a decent enough workload. But you bring up some good efficiency metrics and everything that, I mean, I, you've just got to use that to kind of sell him. I am with selling him if you can get, you know, a good enough return, whether that be another at least startable running back and a fun coupon, as we always say, or something like that. But um, I don't know. It really, it, for me, it's depending on what you can get. I don't think I'm really, I, I think I would put him on the block, but I don't think I'm really selling uh, for, for, anything so yeah you're saying if you got dalvin you're not taking 85 cents on the dollar 75 cents yeah, on the dollar yeah i'm thinking i'm thinking you probably could get a 90 cents on the dollar and because yeah. of that i'm, I'm selling even yeah. at 85 percent, 80 cents on the dollar i'm i'm trying to sell dalvin because yeah i want to get out before it's too late uh your sell is another a spicy a meet the ball of mr jonathan taylor so why are you selling the former first RB in fantasy. Yeah. And that's really, like you said, I mean, I, it has nothing to do with the talent. Jonathan Taylor's fantastic. He is, but I, I mean, I think that we're looking at at least a case of him being where he'll end up being last, next year and towards the end of the season. Once we're finished looking at 2024 rankings. Uh, and in that case, you've just got to try to sell. I'm not trying to tier. I, I'm only using him to maybe tear down like half a step or one tier down and some mm -hmm. extra stuff. I, I do definitely want to win the trade if I'm selling Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but I do think, you know, with Anthony Richardson coming in, that a mobile quarterback does, of course, limit the upside of running backs. Uh, and if you can get, say, a, another a, a Najee Harris plus, I think would be amazing. You could maybe get a J.K. Dobbins plus something really, really nice, like a really, really good wide receiver on top of J.K. Dobbins. We talked about Cam Akers at the beginning of the show, he's still going to get a really decent workload. 
So I do think that there's tons of options to be able to, to take a step down from Jonathan Taylor, get something else on top to where you're not going to feel that upset about him moving from, I mean, right now he's RB3. He might end up going to RB2, maybe down mm-hmm. to RB5. Like, I don't, I'm not saying that the floor is going to come out from under him, but I do think at the very least we're, we're basically at his ceiling. And if you can get some really, really nice stuff for it, do so. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to give you some pushback because it's Jonathan Taylor. But it's something about running backs, man. I just feel yeah. like if you can sell at the top of the market at any yep. point, do it because we're always just trying to go lily pad to lily pad when it comes to running backs and kind of just stay above water. And yep. he have some injuries last year, some lower body injuries that aren't weren't freak incidents, you know, that could be something that could linger over a course. But there's also a notion that the addition of, uh, you know, Anthony Richardson could boost his value. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. We're a rushing quarterback of that caliber helps on a running back. So did, were, were you selling Jonathan Taylor throughout this kind of offseason as his value went back up to where it used to be? Or was that boost from Anthony Richardson the point where you're like, all right, now's the time to cash in? Yeah, I would say so because I generally think that a rushing quarterback hurts a running back to some degree. I mean, you're getting less carries and likely less rushing touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I think it's good for the offense, and I think he'll still be very productive. Uh, and, and, you know, if they run some nice read options, you know, have some more open running lanes and everything, if you're getting down to the X and O's of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, I mean, I think that I do think Anthony Richardson limits that upside. I think that we're talking about a guy who could very easily score 35 points in a game, probably being brought down to 25 points in a game, uh, maybe, maybe 30. But I, I just I don't know. I, I think I, I think I'm out. I think I'm out. OK, so now you're saying to buy Joe Mixon. Why are you buying Joe Mixon? I thought he was about to get arrested or something. Yeah, I mean, that's what they always say. And then the legal, our, our great country's legal uh, system is so great and fantastic and amazing that these things are so speedy and they're done so quickly. And uh, we never <laughs> have to wait on trials or anything in, in our country. So, yeah. yeah, no, Joe Mixon, if anything happens to him, it's not going to be until, I mean, 2026 at this point. So, uh, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's playing, he's playing football next year and he's playing football for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, do not forget dude had a 55 point game last season. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah, in he's an incredible system producer. for running backs. So, um, I mean, I think he's RB 25 in most things, like he's going RB 27 and on underdog. So, uh, Joe Mixon, I think a, a great guy to buy for one season, especially for contending teams, just go out and give up almost next to nothing for the type of production you're going to get. Yeah. And make sure that when you're talking about PJ P Ryan, um, I, I was jumping the gun there. When you're talking about Joe Mixon in your fantasy leagues, make sure you talk about, ah, you know, this guy's been in trouble a lot. He's going to get in trouble again, you know, really sell that up because then you could drive that price down maybe a little bit. But uh, uh, we were actually at the draft house in KC. Uh, Chase Brown came off the board and we were all kind of sitting on the couch uh, talking about what that meant. And, you know, Matt, the podfather was sitting next to me and he goes, this means that the Bengals know that Mixon's coming back. And I thought about it. I was like, oh, shit, he's he's 100% right. Yep. The fact that they did not attack the running back position, the fact that they didn't bring in anybody, they let P. Ryan walk on a two-year, I think it was $6.5 million contract. It was really a one-for-four-and-a-half-million dollar contract when you talk about in NFL terms. The fact that they did all these things means that they're pretty confident that Joe Mixon will be around. Uh, for most, if not all, of the season. Now, maybe 
there is still a domino to fall. Maybe they understand that the Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, that veteran market could come down. Could we see mm-hmm. them traded like we saw Christian McCaffrey traded a year ago? So maybe they're willing to just kind of slow play it because they could pivot in season. I don't know. But kind of reading the tea, light, tea leaves and what's on the wall now, they believe that Joe Mixon is going to play some football and probably a ton of it this upcoming season. So, yep. yeah, now's the time to buy. Now, if you do have a morality clause on your fantasy roster, you might want to leave this dude off it. He's not the nicest of human beings. But if you're about them dubs and getting them championships – Now's the time to get a guy like Joe Mixon on that roster because he could be a, a smash for you in fantasy. Uh, my buy is a former Cincinnati Bengals player, current Denver Broncos player, Samaje P. Ryan. Mixon left in week 11. Uh, he was hurt, and then he missed 12 and 13. So in those weeks, 11 through 13, P. Ryan was the lead back in Cincinnati. He had four and a half, 4.7 receptions per game. 110 yards from scrimmage per game and 23.7 fantasy points per game in that stretch. He signed with Denver, which is a new regime. We talk about it all the time. Anytime you talk Denver, you got to bring up that as a new regime change. So seemingly Sean Payton and the only running back he's linked to in terms of bringing a board is a Samaj P. right? It's not Javante Williams. And speaking of Mr. Williams, his path can truly go one of two ways, in my opinion. That's how I see it. Either he's slow to return, which means opportunities galore for P. Ryan out of the gate, or he's rushed back, which drastically increases his his chances of getting re-injured. Uh, look at J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins came back week one. I think he made it four or five weeks of mediocre play before he hurt himself again, was gone for majority of the season. And even when he came back at the end, he was he produced. He was good in fantasy, but he was not. He did not look good. He did not look healthy. And even to this day, they're still questioning whether uh, he's somebody that can have uh, the health that keeps him around for an entire season. So I don't know which path they go, but I think either way, it's good for Pirine. And when you look at his performance profile, you look under the hood at some of his uh, underlying efficiency metrics, he had 0.98 fantasy points per opportunity. That was 11th best in the NFL. And he had 3.06 yards created per touch. That was the 16th best, according to uh, qualified running backs. So uh, what I see is a guy who could get more opportunities, which could equal a whole bunch of production. So I think you could buy now. Now, we, we did have some questions in the chat. Franz, Franz, friend of the show, what are you paying for P. Ryan? Um, if I have some receiving depth, you know, like a Tyler Lockett, like a Cortland Sutton, uh, like Gabriel Davis, this type of range of receiver I'm looking to move uh, for a P Ryan. Uh, if you want, if the if the uh, you know the team manager in your league uh, has multiple assets that you want to gain, I think this is the type of opportunity that might sound crazy, but you could take a Dalvin Cook, get yourself a P Ryan plus, and that would have to be a significant plus. I'm not saying you would just yeah. get a third round pick or anything, but if you could perceivably bring a board. You know, something that can land you a Zay Flowers, Quentin Johnson, so, a, you know, a mid-round first, which could be in play here for your shallower formats, a Jahan Dotson, a Michael Pittman. You know, if you could climb that wide receiver ladder and bring on a really good player, that's what I'd be looking to do. So if you're looking to buy instead of kind of do that buy-sell kind of flip-flop without a player like Dalvin Cook, uh, yeah, go for that Tyler Lockett. Uh, would I be willing to trade a pick? Uh, in the middle of the second of your rookie for Piran, I think so. I think as long as um, 
if these running backs are off the board, I'm willing to trade for P. Ryan. So we got Bijan, Gibbs, uh, A. Chain, Roshan, Kendra, and probably Charbonnet. So at that point, in a one QB, you're probably looking at the mid to late second. At that point, I am looking to um, make that trade. Now, Randall in the chat says, if they need a tight end, would you trade Chig for P. Ryan perhaps? I would have to have a bona fide, reliable tight end to do that because I think yeah. Chigosium is looking at a top 10 type of tight season for the Titans. So unless you have yourself a Kelsey, an Andrews, a Goddard, a Kittle, someone that you know you're playing week in and week out, I would not. I would trade Chigosium at that, that point. But if you're saying your starter right now is a Gerald Everett, you're playing the roulette wheel, and you're kind of you're gonna want to see what happens with Dalton Schultz in Houston. Something there, I'm gonna hold on to Chagosium next. I think his ceiling is a hell of a lot higher than Pirine's, but I do want to get Pirine because I think at some point in the season, whether it be early or late, there is a chance where um, he could get you a nice return on your value. Now I've heard this comparison thrown out there, and I do think it's a good one, and I think it's being kind of looked at as a horrible situation but i think if you play it right you might have something on your hands now that comparison i'm talking about for p ryan is mike davis remember quad davis on the falcons remember that jason remember when he had that cool hat on and he had quads the side of a bodybuilder and he looked like he was a stud you remember that year oh i remember (laughs) it was in 2021 if I remember correctly. Uh, and you, what you needed to do that season was not rely on Mike Davis. What you needed to do is sell high. Uh, weeks one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So in the first eight weeks of the season, if you include their buy, he had 10.2, 13.3, 11, 10.6, 12.1. He had a dud, and then he had 11.6 point fantasy game. Now, at that point, you needed to sell. So even after week two, after that 13-point performance, you could have cashed in on something like that. So that is why I love the P Ryan possibility. So if he plays early, you get him in your lineup, sneak some points, trade them away, get some future assets, tear down, tear up. If you have a package of players, however you want to go at it, or you wait. And if Williams is back, his value will plummet. You hold, or even buy at that point at an even cheaper price point, And you wait because Javante, the odds of him making it through the full season, I think are pretty slim given how bad that knee injury is and how violent of a runner he is is so is there anything you want to add on p ryan before we wrap this bad boy up i just kind of want to push back but i don't at the same time do I think it push great. back jason I, I do think it's great process but i your I mean, hair is I, awesome i can't diss you i love you too much hey your hair is awesome gonna make too, fun of you to try to egg you to push back but i just you're my friend i don't want to do that yeah no i know and that's why i only kind of want to push back <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to but it's like no push back because our fa- the people listening need to hear the discord here the discord yeah i do think that it's highly probable even that samaje Ryan was only so successful last season because he was on the Bengals. i do think he's a good enough athlete and if he gets the volume in denver that he saw in cincinnati he'd probably produce but i just i don't even if williams is out i don't see him being used in that same role getting that same volume I mean, I could see 10 less touches a game, to be honest, than what he was getting. So I just, I don't know. I mean, I think kind of all of the murkiness of what's going on with Javante is already priced in a decent bit for P. Ryan. If Javante does miss time, then we're talking about it going up decently. But I don't I don't know how much time Javante is going to miss, at least to begin the year. 
I really don't. I know we're talking about him missing week one, but I mean, I, I don't even, I don't know if that's going to be true. I, I have to do some more research on that, but I could see him being at least 50% for week one and just thrown out there to get some carries. And then all of a sudden it's just like Javante is back. And then I don't know. It's, it's, mm, it's a rough one. I do like the price point you gave up. I do like, if the, that's uh, the price you're saying. So yeah. you would want to buy now then because you're 100% yeah. right. If all of a sudden the um, we, we we get a report because we did get we got a report from Sean Payton that he was going to make training camp. Uh, yeah. Williams was. So, yeah, <clears throat> there is that possibility. But, yeah, okay. I mean, hey, maybe if you had him in TJF, you and I would be able to make a nice little swaparoo with that. Yeah. But that's going to wrap up tonight's show. Jason, you are the best. Go ahead and tell all of our listeners where they can find you on socials, where they can gobble up all of your content, my friend. Yeah, follow me on Twitter, at JFootballWine. And make sure you check out the Player Profiler Instagram and Facebook. There's Player Profiler on Facebook, Roto Underworld on Instagram. We are pushing for 5K followers on Instagram. We're getting there. We're less than 300 followers away. It's been a grind, so please go follow if you haven't. And then, of course, you can find me in the Discord on, of course, the trade channels, the Dynasty Trades and Trade Talk. Yeah, baby. Are you muted? The, Did you go mute? The USB thing happened again. I accidentally touched the cable. And I'm, I'm oh, 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 oh. I was know, like, wait a second. Why am I, why am I not USB hearing thing. anything? But um, find me on Wake and Take, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m., the usual, talking about stuff going on around the league. Wake and take the best morning show you will find out there when it comes to football and fantasy football and having a host with the best head of hair. I am Matty Kewum. You can find me on Twitter at Matty Kewum. My articles, everything comes out on playerprofiler.com. Check out the game plan each and every Saturday. This week I'm doing a mailbag episode, so if you like the game plan, go ahead on our Discord, DM me on Twitter, comment, mention, use a mention, whatever you want, refer me however you do it. Go ahead and drop your question and I will answer it this Saturday. And make sure you check out the executives on Patreon. Cody Carpenter and I have our Patreon, the executives, so check that out. He's Jason Alwine. I'm Matt Q. We are the Trade Gods. See you next week. Peace.